Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that's on KP duty because I saw the red door and I painted it black. Codename Legion Cub. Aw, always like a Stones reference around here. You're that's what they the- gave me to peel the potatoes with. Cobra Kitchen sucks. Nothing wrong with a little tater peeling. It builds character. <laughs> Speaking of tater peeling, I don't have a segue. <laughs> We're on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, live every other, usually every other Monday, but uh, we'll give you a heads up on that if you're following Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram, where every time we're going to go live, we put up a post that says, sound off, where we ask you what you want us to talk about. And we've got a few sound offs tonight. Uh, It was a little light, but that's okay, because we've got a meaty episode, because Black Friday is coming up this week, and we've got a little something special to celebrate the occasion with make it rain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Everybody already spending money. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, you might notice at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching us live on video, super chat for new hats. We are trying to do a new run of audible interlude podcast hats. As you can see, very attractive red, white, and blue trucker hat style. Uh, They will feature, however, the new logo that you can see in the bottom left corner of your screen, designed by our pal, our artistic partner, Slickalicious. So while you're there on Instagram, check out Shop Slickalicious. Uh, And speaking of shopping, guess what, you guys? Black Friday is here, and along with Black Friday comes sales. That's right. Audible interlude t-shirts on sale now, including this brand new design. It's bigger, it's bolder, it's brighter by Slickalicious. The Audible interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast logo shirt available in many sizes, colors, and styles as low as $15 right now during the Black Friday sale. But that's not all. We've also got Beastie Boys, AI Pod, welcome to beautiful Braca Beach. Other colors of AI Pod. Old school Audible Interlude logo. And Needless Things logo shirts. All on sale now for Black Friday for at least the next 48 hours. But you know they'll do it again and again and again. So buy those shirts on sale. Represent Audible Interlude. A G.I. Joe podcast. Noel and Christian, what's going on, fellas? It's uh, another day in paradise. I just got back from Greenville, South Carolina, where I got to... I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) But unfortunately, we have a podcast that is largely centered around toys, so I guess you're going to have to talk about it at some point. Uh, Now that I'm done with the hard sell, or actually, wait, two more hard sells, and then we'll get into your retro toy con experience. First of all... uh, I, I am currently recovering from the flu. Our last live stream, I was recovering from COVID, and I am not even joking when I say I just had five days of the flu, and it was rotten and miserable. Uh, and in the throes of the flu, I conducted an interview with Alex Antone, the editorial director for Skybound's G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Uh, we had a great conversation that was 
I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I had the flu, so we had a lot of fun talking. I didn't honestly get into as much as I wanted to get into, but we did hit some sound offs from the listeners, and he gave us some juicy answers in that interview. So check that out, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and finally, our next live stream is December the 4th. So put it on your calendar and have your uh, Audible Interlude podcast t-shirts ready to go. All right, Noel. Make me jealous. <laughs> Tell me about the thing that I missed while I was horking up giant bags of snot all weekend long. Uh, I got to spend a nice, relaxing weekend in Greenville with a couple of my, my best friends and my wife and, and, and my dog. And, um, you know, nothing of note happened. Um, <laughs> now, there was a retro toy con in Greenville. Uh, it's, it's been going on uh, minus, you know, a, I think it was I think it didn't happen the COVID year. But uh, other than that, it's pretty much just happened every year for the last decade or so. And it's been at the same hotel, the Embassy Suites up there. It's a wonderful show. It's a great hotel. Um, actually, I can't rec recommend the hotel enough. I shouldn't say it too much because I don't want everybody booking the rooms in advance um, <laughs> in case we last minute book one like we did this year. But like they give they have like a free um, happy hour where they give you a couple free uh, cocktails between six and seven thirty. They 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 have free breakfast and it's a full breakfast. So that was all very nice. Uh, but we also we were there. I was there representing the finest. Our garrison had a booth set up, so we were raising money for uh, canines for warriors, uh, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about several times. Raise over two hundred bucks, which you know not bad for uh, you know for a day and about two hours the next morning. Um, had a lot, met a lot of really cool people, uh, talked to a lot of the vendors, talked to a lot of, uh, just patrons at the show and, uh, bought some toys. Honestly, I bought so few toys in the vendor hall. Almost everything I bought was from the room trades they do. And that's one of the best things. Oh, okay. about it. It's an embassy suites. So all the rooms in the hotel have like a living room area. In yeah. The yeah. Yeah. In the back. So people just set up in their little living room areas and like when the floor closes uh you can go up and just walk around they have like a big sign down at the bottom uh down at the bottom floor that just shows like people's rooms that, that are up for grabs but because it's a big atrium you go up to the eighth floor and you just look down and you can see okay there's one there there's one there, oh there's one yeah, there. yeah yeah it's like the amsterdam of gi joe toy yeah. shows <laughs> <laughs> and and it gets dangerous too because i mean these are people unloading for the room these are you're, you're probably gonna get better deals than you're gonna get from just even the vendor floors so um you can do some negotiating it's always a good time oh my gosh well real quick i've got to say uh Agent Chuckles says, Giant Bags of Snot was the name of my punk band. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I think I've heard them. They're not good. Uh, so we've got uh, Daniel Rodriguez, Boylan Pop, Kevin Riddle, Mandalorian Jedi, Daniel Rodriguez again, all hanging out in the chat. Uh, and Noel, are you going to share your purchases once we get to Joe and Tell? Yeah, I'll, I'll share some purchases once we get to Joe and Tell. Excellent. All right. Uh, Mandalorian Jedi says, for anyone else, make your reservations at the beautiful Roadside Inn. Bring disinfectant spray and a firearm. <laughs> Agent Chuckles, not good and proud of it. That's right. That's punk rock, my friend. Yep. Uh, no more than three chords. So now it is time, and we don't have a whole lot of it, 
but we do have a little bit of news. The Pulse Season Savings event is underway. Who here has already made some purchases? Show of hands. I have. We all have. All three of us have, really. Now, but having said that, looking at the selection of what's available now, and remember, they always add stuff every few days. So what's up now is not all. Well, if it follows with the last couple of years, is not all that will be on sale by the time this thing is done on the 29th. Uh, so nothing, nothing Joe yet. Although if you notice that original gung ho is still hanging out at the end of the list. I did pick up a Joe. Because, oh, really? Yeah, they had the um, the the Walmart Retro Baroness. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Which I never picked up because I was like, ah, I've already got one. She's on my shelf. But as I was rearranging my classified figures last weekend, I was like, you know, I really like that other figure better. So <laughs> I'll I'll pick it up at some point. But because it's, I mean, I haven't been able to find it at Walmart in a few weeks, but um that even at the toy show this weekend, I was seeing them go for like 35 or 40. Oh, okay. Like, uh, well, maybe I'll just be okay with my other Baroness. I don't need another one that bad. And then when I saw that I could get one for $16. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, finally, we finally had an Ollie's open up oh, down here. Really? Yeah. It was like a 40 minute drive for me to get there. So this won't be an every week uh, stop for me. But simply because I was finally in an Ollie's to buy something, yep, I snagged the uh, um, the movie Baroness for four ninety nine because I yeah. figure I'm I'll probably be able to cut the hair off and get some um, better looking hair. For her and make uh, what was her name, Chameleon? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I was like $4.99 for the Baroness, or I think Lady J was like $7.99. Those were the only two that Oof. they had at ours, wow. and I was like, Oh, rough, that's what yeah. a pick, but that's the one that I went to last drive. week, yeah, the one that I went to last week had thousands of movie figures i mean like i thought that i'd seen them all and then i go to another part of the store and there was another just table with another like couple hundred of them on there i've that, not, i've just seen that many of the same toy in one place that's <laughs> how the one i went to was they had the display up front with like a full end cap of just gi joe movie figures but mm -hmm. then in the back they had like a whole other section of how many of those things did they make good uh, lord yeah. I think they expected that movie to be a little bit bigger hit than it was. I, mm -hmm. I think they did. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Mezco 112 Collective Roadblock started shipping two weeks ago. I think I mentioned on the last live stream that I, that I had to change my credit card information uh, that took a phone call and two emails. They finally charged me a week ago and still haven't shipped it. So thanks, Mezco. So that review coming someday <laughs> here on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, but until then, something else has shipped that will be up tomorrow. And that is the Soundwave Thunder Machine. Uh, it is awesome. Soundwave, as you can see if you're watching the video feed is big and bulky and blocky and has fancy red shoes on. 
He's got ruby slippers. There's no place like Cybertron. There's no place like Cybertron. Uh, but uh, he looks awesome. Like, proportionally, everything, uh, just an excellent transformation. The instructions, because, of course, he comes in the box in robot mode, uh, and you have to transform in, in, into the Thunder Machine. And I did a side-by-side -side comparison with the original Thunder Machine uh, in the review. And the transformation... It's not as easy as the Striker, but easier than the Hiss. But then I was able to transform him back into robot mode in like a minute without looking at the instructions. So it was very intuitive. Uh, but Soundwave is awesome. Soundwave superior. The O-rings, while at first glance they look really cool. Again, in the video feed, you'll be able to see this. Uh they left the discs in Zartan's knees black, which is, of course, extremely lame because his lower legs are black and they just painted red. On, which, if you're going to paint the red on the tops of his pants, why not paint the... I don't understand it all. Uh, and then his armpits also have black discs. Really, really ugly makes the figure feel like a thrown-in afterthought, which is a shame because otherwise he's got a really nice pearlescent silver on his uh, chest plate. Although I wish his thigh plates were also that silver. The How's the material for his cowl? Is it the same as the old figure? Or is it? Uh, it's pretty similar. Okay. It's pretty similar. It feels good. It's shaped differently. I like it. It's a little more snug on his head, so it doesn't look as balloony. Um, his face... Sculpt is great. He's got green eyes. Like, if they hadn't cheaped out on a couple of parts, this would be an excellent Zartan. Uh, and unfortunately, Zorana suffers the same issue. She's got black discs on her knees. Now, hers are more obscured because her knee pads go up in front of them. So otherwise, she's a better figure proportionally she is smaller this is a very very different figure from the original zarana because you know most of the joe females were kind of the same size as the males like they were different shapes but she is actually more petite hmm. than if you can let's see here i don't know if i'll be able to show two at the same time very well but if you can see she's actually a little more petite and shorter than Zartan, which I think is a pretty cool thing. Uh, so overall, Zorana's a better figure, or Zorana, or you say Zorana, I say Zorana. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, I made that same not-really joke in the review. Uh, but yeah, just the laziness of not matching those materials up is, is very, very disappointing, and it makes me slightly less excited for the Triple T. Well, not for the Triple T, but for the figures that are coming with it. Although they should have... Ooh, how bad is it going to be if they have black knees with their green... Think about Leatherneck and Sergeant Slaughter, but they have black boots. Yeah. So they could do yeah. the same thing with them, conceivably. Well, if if it's uh, Sergeant Slaughter, he should have black pants, right? Is Which Slaughter is it? If it's the Triple T version, does he? Triple T has camo pants. Yeah, that's right. But we don't. 
I don't remember which version they showed. I, I would imagine it's the Triple T version. Anyway. So, uh, pretty disappointed in those O-rings, but uh, Soundwave is great. So, Black Friday started early on Amazon. Uh, I got another Grunt for $17.49. It's not an $11.99 Grunt, but it is a cheaper Grunt, and I wanted a second one. I got to figure out how I'm going to remove his name tag. Uh, I So, I also got a second Grunt. Uh if you trust yourself, I Ooh. took, I know, there's two <laughs> ways to do it. Uh, I took the dull side of my X-Acto blade and lightly started scratching, and it was coming right off. Oh, okay. Um, but if you're afraid of, you know, scratching up the plastic, uh, just grab some uh, non-acetone, I think it is, nail polish remover. Uh, you know just what? A, a little dab and then it'll come right off and water. You know what I might do is just put a, just I've got a very very tiny paintbrush. I might just do a little black acrylic paint over it. There you go. Yeah. That's so, probably the easiest. Sharpie, just sharpie it. Ugh. So I got my grunt so that I could have Yes, that's right. A hangout in the pit snow job and I'm a little disappointed. Because <clears throat> snow jobs neck and grunts neck do not match up very well. Oh, like there's a gap. Oh yeah, and now, it's you... so it's so tight. When I was putting it on, I could feel the neck barbell. So like you can't turn his head. You have to turn oh. him from the neck. Because if you try to turn the head, you can feel the plastic. And I'm like. Ugh, come on, Hasbro. Huh. Make it easy for customizers, please. That that'll just never happen, and I don't know why. <laughs> just well, I know why. The answer in some way, shape, or fashion is money. But however that lies, we don't know. Yeah. Uh well, uh Rock and Roll was also $17.49. The Tomax and Samot were pretty cheap, but I don't think anybody cares about them anymore. Uh, and then the Viper 3-pack, which, granted, I know some folks are finding it at Ross for $15, and that's great for them. But for those of you who are like us and never find anything at Ross, uh, it was 40 bucks, which is, I mean, for $40, you can buy that, throw away the officer, and still be getting a great deal. I still refuse to buy it out of solidarity for Noel. <laughs> buy it all you want. I could buy it. No, I, <laughs> I, I, even at 40 bucks, I look at it and I'm just like, I don't like that color scheme. The yeah. Python Patrol Vipers, I really, really like, but the it'd regular ones. Like, if you want to do some, some customizing, it could be good fodder for it at that price, but yeah. Not something uh, that I'm usually doing. We've got some classified dates moving around. Uh, as of earlier today on Pulse, the Hiss Fire Team is set for December the 15th. Uh, Shockwave, Buzzer, and Soundwave are also set for December the 15th from Pulse. Whereas Amazon, my Shockwave should be here Wednesday. Uh, as and well as I, my Ripper. I was going to say, I 
there was somebody I saw on Instagram that got their ripper from Amazon already. Yeah, mine was supposed to be here today, and then this morning I got a shipping delay, and then they shipped it like immediately after that, but now it's not getting here till Wednesday. Mm. Uh, but yeah, people were getting it over the weekend, so that's great. Uh, Amazon was estimating today for the thunder machine. So that may be showing up for more people. I got mine came from big bad last week. Uh, pulse has Hawk and Ripper as, Oh, wait a minute. Did I say Ripper twice? No, that was buzzer. Yeah, so buzzer pulse, pulse has Hawk and Ripper for November the 28th. Uh, shockwave and nunchuck i already said shockwave shockwave and nunchuck for december 15th and then pulse has the new python patrol stuff from target on november 27th while target has it listed for november the 24th so all that new python patrol oh, man yeah there's there's a lot we've gotten a lot but there's even more I, I was looking back at like figures that i mean granted it was two years ago when they were still like pre-ordering the bat and the alley viper i think it was actually like almost two years ago to the date that uh, that was first put up for pre-sale but that was like 31 was the was the bat yeah. and now we're in the like one like 120s at this point i think 106 is the highest number we've had in hand in hand but like we're ordering like i think some of the pre-orders oh yeah like pre-orders up are up to at this point i i think that's right yeah, yeah yeah so i mean that's like an average of 50 a year at this point yeah. so a, a figure Ooh. a week almost <laughs> it's not bad i'll take yeah. it yeah well it's not bad and it is bad it's 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 bad if you're collecting <laughs> if you're collecting other stuff it's real bad uh so as far as just news news like I said, not a lot, but we can talk a little bit about the Haya Toys Baroness, which I think looks awesome. What do you guys think of this? Stunning. Yeah. I cannot wait to have her in hand. And if you'll notice, she is not... Uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I want to use this word all the time, and I can't ever think of it. One side does not match the other side. Symmetrical? Symmetrical. She's not asymmetrical. Look at her shoulders. Her shoulder pads match, unlike the classified figure. Mm. Uh, so she is a little bit more of a classic design, although she does have... I meant to put a picture into this, and I didn't. But you can see it in this one. She does have the pink highlights in her hair. I... Yeah, I like that. I think yeah, I like if it. If they're going to update her, I, I think that makes sense. Well, that was the original blackout design, although that design had gold trim as well, which this one does not have. But they've, they've basically just refined the blackout design down to be a little more classic. Hmm. Uh, I think it looks great. I don't understand her massive... Uzi slash Mac 10, whatever firearm is going on there. I mean, obviously that's enlarged because you can look at the hands and see that they're gigantic. But wasn't the gun that she, her original figure came with also ridiculously, yeah, ridiculously the, the oversized. Sorry. Got futuristic machine gun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if it had been that one, it would make sense. This looks like one of those things where they've packed uh 
an out of scale weapon. Uh, like I said, even though this is clearly, it looks like something be... that would mount on the back of a vehicle. Yeah, it just so... looks really weird. But it is probably half again as big as it's at. It's it might be twice as big as it's actually going to be. Yeah, because it definitely does not look like it's in scale with those little pistols, unless those pistols are tiny. Well, no, the pistols are. If you look at the additional hands on here, they're huge. And the mm-hmm. pistols are also huge. So, I mean, the, those accessories are all oversized. But that, just, that just seems like a weird gun choice. But other than that, figure looks great. Pretty exciting to see. Uh, Boyle and Pop is asking about the Super 7 Reaction Wave 8 leak. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Full Force... Or actually, it wasn't Full Force. It was somebody on Twitter uh, leaked reaction wave eight but we don't discuss leaks we'll we'll do we'll do rumors we'll speculate but as far as leaks I, i'm not a big fan of talking about those so we'll we'll come back to that stuff uh once it's officially announced or once we get something a little more concrete uh but suffice it to say excited that reaction is continuing for the foreseeable future uh, and very excited to see what other Sunbow offerings they have. Well, that concludes the news. Are you guys ready to have some fun with a special Black Friday themed segment? Oh, I don't have a banner for this one. Uh oh. Oh no. What are we going to do? Uh, so, looking back, over the years of collecting G.I. Joe back when you were uh, just we children, what was one of the more exciting things about this time of year? No Chess school. Months. Oh, Roast for sure. Getting out of fire. school. Obviously, every single company that put out a toy catalog. Oh, yeah. Oh, so maybe we want to talk a little bit about wish books. I I wish I had the Magic Kingdom fireworks used to be called wishes. (laughs) And they had this little girl that would always go, wishes. And I hated it. (laughs) I wish I had that right now. (laughs) So, uh, to celebrate one of the biggest consumer days of the year, we are going to celebrate one of the biggest consumer events of all time. That's right. Jeff Butler's got it. Going through the wish book and making the Christmas list. Uh, Every single year, we would pour through the Sears wish book, the JCPenney wish books. Uh, And we have to give credit here to wishbookweb.com. Don't forget service merchandise, too. Oh, yeah, service merchandise. Mm -hmm. That's right. Service merchandise was also a big one. Uh, Wishbookweb.com, one of the greatest resources for nostalgia on the Internet. They have many, many, many years of different companies' wishbooks archived on their website. Go check them out. Spend hours perusing the treasures within. Uh, I mean, it, it, it really is magical, but we're, we're going to look back at this GI Joe two page spread from 1985. Now, when I sent this to you guys, 
did you look at this and go, oh, I remember these images? To yeah. a certain degree, um, mainly because when I started to get into toy photography, I re this is what I remembered as a kid. So the the kind of catalog approach is like burned into my my brain more so star wars than the gi joes uh because they usually actually use like a star curtain and stuff with the star wars ones but yeah the deja vu flood of memories just came right back well and what's what i think is the oh gi joe berg uh check that flag hull two times taller than the retail version my inspiration for raising the flag uh kevin riddle sears wish book and my turn to underline what i wanted that's right you would go through with the pen mm -hmm. and underline everything uh you know it's great to see stuff like this but really some of the more magical aspects of the wish book to me are going through and finding the things that we forgot about uh that's and we're gonna be doing that a little bit later but first we've got to talk about joe obviously and well, we've and got to the start stuff too the, the the joe adjacent stuff that they would always advertise alongside it that was always my favorite thing and and we will get to it because there's yeah. some <laughs> right here on these pages uh but we got to start with the elephant in the room or the aircraft carrier in the room now you'll notice because the image was deep in the the uh crevice of the middle of the book we've got a little weird line down the middle here but there it is the uss flag indeed uh as gi joe berg said a little bit taller than the uh actual flag but look at that beautiful specimen of toy mm. all of those joes on the deck that sky striker the rattler coming in for attack with little little theodore and and little uh, Simon there, and they're matching in <laughs> their matching GI Joe T-shirts with Duke on the front. Those are look at those look at those fancy long sleeve shirts. Those T-shirts are amazing. The striping around the sleeves—they're yes. like baseball style shirts, but they're you know what? I bet those are pajamas. Oh bet, yeah, because Christmas morning you're yeah. not like oh let me put on my baseball my little league jersey and go open some presents. You're yeah, those are those lucky are, if you have time to put on your pajamas. Those are definitely pajama tops. Absolutely. And those those are probably somewhere else in the catalog. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mandalorian Jedi, you're sick. I can't wait for the classified <laughs> flag to come out. You you classified flag and terror drone people have mental issues. Palpatine 1975. Greetings, lightning bolts, gentlemen. Uh so this is just gorgeous. What what kid in 1985 saw this and didn't immediately just go into absolute seizures of must-haveness? And I, of course, ended up having one. So I got to ask you, because yes. when I saw this photo... Uh, that kid is way too happy playing with the microphone speaker <laughs> part of the flag. As someone who 
rarely, if ever, used the speaker for Snake Mountain. Did kids actually, was that like a thing? Like, did you spend your playtime like Breaker Breaker? We got planes coming in for a landing. Well, my my desire, okay, so my recollection of the loudspeaker for the flag is... Now that may be me exaggerating. I honestly don't have super clear memories of using it, but that's and anybody in the chat, uh, GI Joe Berg can probably correct me if you've got a flag. Uh, I don't know if it has a functioning loudspeaker or not, but for me, if it had worked the way I wanted it to work, it would have been like to make deck announcements, like. Sky Striker coming in for landing. Clear the deck. Shipwreck. Get to the poop deck. Polly threw up again. Or you know, like <laughs> it would have been making announcements. It, for this, the the microphone for Snake Mountain, like, kind of makes sense, I guess. For that, if you want that snake to talk, right, or that goblin or whatever it is to talk, right. I don't. It was never really clear. Well, I don't I think remember it's supposed ever... to be the goblin because the mouth the mouth moves. I don't remember ever talking into the uh, microphone because I didn't have one, but I've, I've mentioned that I moving to Atlanta. I got to stay with my friend while he was in Europe for three months uh, while we were having our house built. So I had a flag for like a summer um, and I, oh, don't, nice. I don't remember ever talking into it, but it did have like little alarm noises and stuff on it, too, didn't it? Oh, Didn't that have... G.I. Joburg, G.I. Joburg has just stepped in and confirmed. Yep, all yeah, it does is yep, muffle your voice. Sounds. The three alarm sounds are cool, though. Okay, yeah, I, I just yeah. playing with that all the time. I would have been all about the alarm sounds. So yeah, so I mean, a cool feature. I wouldn't have been as happy as that kid. No, <laughs> making. I don't know, sounds, sounds but be pretty happy. You weren't getting paid that sweet Sears wish book money <laughs> to look happy either. Right. Look, even as an adult driving a car later, I was so thrilled about having that little thing on my dashboard that made the little like rocket sounds that you could press when you got angry at the other drivers. <laughs> so I, I love little electronic devices that made funny sounds. Yeah, noises are cool. Definitely. I need to get a soundboard for us in here. <laughs> um palpatine 1975 speaking of vintage joes i've recently picked up a conquest x30 complete with original box accessories and even those mini catalogs that used to come with toys oh, i That's missed those gym right there those are fantastic yep. i remember um, buying uh an uh, 86 transformer just to get the 86 catalog but it was one of the early ones that didn't yet have it in there yet, so I still got an 85 catalog. It oh, so boo. We were using it was Hot Rod, and it, uh, this was long before the movie came out. And I was just so excited to get this toy at it was at uh, Pace Membership Warehouse, which was kind of like a Sam's Club slash Costco back in the day. Um, so the toys were a little bit cheaper there, but I spent my allowance money to buy this toy only to get a catalog that wasn't in the box. So disappointed. Oh. All right, so the flag, the gorgeous monument to 80s consumerism. But there's other stuff to talk about. Look at this incredible battlescape. That, that is what would make me, as a kid me, 
want the battle platform. Like that right there is just the battle platform looks so cool. Well, what's funny is right here it's just on land. Yep. It looks like it's because it's got the the front leg looks like it's uh, down in what's supposed to be water. Oh yeah, there might be a little puddle here, huh? Yeah. So it's it's partially in land and partially in water, which honestly even cooler. Mm-hmm. And it's raised up in the air, so it's just covering every Joe possibility. That's right, land and sea and air. Well, it's mm-hmm. got the helipad too, which which would look pretty nifty with a shark or a skyhawk on it. But I understand we can't just overload this image with awesomeness because we've got. <laughs> It's got okay. quick kick and his flying feet coming off of it. Let's yeah, let's yes. let's take a moment. The tactical battle platform is currently manned by Cutter, Barbecue, Footloose, Frostbite, Airtight, and Quick Kick. All hanging out, different action poses. Barbecue's guarding the ladder. Footloose is at the front guarding the ramp. Frostbite is next to him. Uh Frostbite yeah. and Quick Kick are, you know, on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as climate uh, control go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you've got Airtight hanging out in the weapon storage bay. Uh, and then Cutter is in the chair, manning the uh, command console. On the left, on the ground, those devious twins, Tomax and Zamot, are attacking. You've got uh, what? Have we, what have we got on the right side there? You got uh, a televiper, ripper, ripper. Is that a crimson guard? Crimson guard, torch, and a snow serpent. No, yeah, snow serpent. <laughs> of because you need somebody to fight frostbite, right? Um, but and that was but... the logic, wasn't it? It wasn't really <laughs> even about the environment. It was about right. I have to have this versus this. But is that? Alpine driving the Ostriker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. And it looks and like is that another footloose? footloose? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my you know, god, upgrade double, double flash. flash. <laughs> That's double right. Footloose. Double footloose. Well, he is. Or is that feet loose? Fit or footlooses? <laughs> or footloose Feets. and his partner fancy free. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, and we're sober tonight, folks. Oh, uh, so, now I got some GI Joe <laughs> fan fiction I need to write tonight. Well, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Or maybe some more art. We need more art on this show. Is that Flint driving the Mauler? Mm-hmm. And then Dusty is up there behind him. Mm-hmm. So quite a scene, quite an investment to recreate this scene, and you're just never going to have this cool a diorama. You 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 may have your backyard, you may be able to dig a little bit or whatever, but it's never going to look quite this cool. So, uh, from birth to fifth grade, we actually lived in Indiana at the top of a hill and <clears throat> the city was originally that I grew up in there was going to build a Walmart. They had the backhoes, they cleared all the land and then the project was like canceled. So right at the bottom of our hill, we had the size and this is, you know, before super Walmarts, but the size of a Walmart of this 
dirt cavern with like trenches, overturned trees. So, oh my gosh, me and my friends did have when I actually when I moved to Kentucky and just got like a regular oh a backyard just has grass. Then I got screwed. I had this for a very long time. Oh my gosh, that sounds it was that awesome, sounds awesome, but also dangerous. Yes, very many figures. Uh, probably still there like uh, if they build anything on it it's going to be like a very interesting poltergeist <laughs> little dead gi joes <laughs> uh kevin riddle i wonder why i'm trying to create dioramas for my joes now it's because of the sears wishbook advertisements knowing is half the battle and of course those commercials too i mean the commercials had the same kind of awesome stuff next up we've got a special sears set what do you guys want to tell us about this thing? Noel's muted. We, Noel, we Crimson can't hear you. Tank, uh, the CAT, um, and then the Hiss, uh, the Crimson Hiss tank with the SMS. A beautiful set. Um, definitely a forerunner to that. Uh, 2002 set that I bought mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago, but I really like the combination of red and black on these. It mm-hmm. looks really sharp uh, because if the if the Mobat was all red, it would look kind of goofy. Same thing with the Hiss, like the black. Really, it, it's just a cool look. It's a great design. Red and black are cool colors together. They just are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never had this. And just like the the idea that you know the Crimson Guard had their own vehicles, which was something they didn't really explore any of the main stuff, but we got these awesome series exclusives, and you know they were something I drooled over, but nobody like nobody I knew ever had these. The uh, I had one friend who was a little bit older than me, and I he seemed to have everything. He had all the JC Penny exclusives, all the Sears exclusives. I don't think he had the dreadnought sets. No, I take that back. He had the dreadnought was the land set, the Ram and the vamp. Uh, was it the Ram? Uh, yeah. And then the other one was the Fang and in the Skyhawk. Skyhawk, yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure he had the land dreadnought set, but not the sky set. But, but he had, like, I had all the mainline stuff, 82 to 87, but he had, like, a lot more beyond that. He had the Listen and Fun Tripwire. He, although he did not have Special Mission <laughs> Brazil. So, got you on that one, Preston or Peyton Davis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, great set, really cool. I would love if O-Ring were ever to continue in any way and we actually got vehicles, pipe dream, pipe dream. Uh, I would love to see these reissued. Uh, and again, everybody check out wishbookweb.com for incredible childhood memories. Next up, those Wiley twins, Tomax and Zamot. Look at... Uh, Tomax, I believe, just swinging out of the sky. On the zip line. In, in a way that 
in a way that his classified figure yeah. cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still the biggest missed opportunity in classified history. But he's got two knives. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got two knives. And he's got little knife-throwing fingers, which I really do like. <laughs> um, do you guys remember? I, because I'm trying to think back through all of these decades at my first impression of these two. I, I feel like I remember thinking they looked really cool and extra villainous. The first time, like the first memory I have of seeing them is on the pegs and they had that awesome package yes. with the, uh, you know, mirror yeah. sticker. And as a kid, the concept of Corsican twins or however you say it, Yes. I loved that. Um, so I, I just thought these two were going to be way more than any of the other Cobras. I mean, they look like, you know, in, in modern, through modern eyes, yes, they look like circus uniforms or whatever. And of course, they ended up being circus performer people. But honestly, they do just look like they have really cool, like high ranking Cobra uniforms, mm-hmm. like that. They're just a new level of senior Cobra officer ready to do evil. Well, and they were like, I always thought that they seemed like they were powerful. And, you know, the fact that they led their own faction, like they were, mm-hmm. they were my Cobra leaders in several of my stories that I played out. Like I had, you know, Cobra commander was captured and like Serpentor was exiled or whatever. And these guys were the ones running the show. They were my, they were my field leaders. They were my like opposition to Flint or Duke or whoever. They were my spies with a dash of Dr. Doom. Oh, Mm-hmm. Interesting that you went with them and not Destro as Doctor Doom. <laughs> well, because Doctor Doom was so, uh, even as a kid, um, <clears throat> I understood. You know, Doctor Doom has that accident. Is like, no, I have to hide my face, and I didn't quite like the scar because right, his brother right. got mad at him. I always played that as he could not possibly hate his brother more and that scar oh wow he was more doctor doom like like i am the one that is going to have my rage and kill the joes ooh that's <laughs> intense uh woodman 29 is here in the chat ken tomlin i think haslabs should be o-ring figure sets there's no way o-ring haslabs wouldn't be funded uh, I actually agree with you. If they would do, uh, if they would do that, I think they would be very successful. Don't worry about giving us big vehicles. Do or or you know do a mid-sized vehicle and ten figures. Do something. Do do look. If they just offered like a year at a time, they could Hasbro could make so much money off successfully executed O rings, and they just can't seem to figure out how to do it. Uh, G.I. Joe Berg, I use these guys as fallen Jedi, a red lightsaber and a Batman cape oh. clipped to their bare shoulders made for quite a look. I mm-hmm. bet it did. Put that up on Instagram. I want to see that. Yeah. I, mean, I, could, 
probably just make that happen, but that would be cool. Oh, wait, actually, I've got right here, I've got a Vader, a lightsaber, Tomax and Zamod, just a stretch away. We might see that before the show's over. <laughs> Next up, a little snowcat action with, it looks like, once again, Alpine driving. Which makes sense. I mean, he's... He's equipped for cold weather environments. Sure, but what do you say? Frostbite, get out and walk. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, you give the guy this giant weapon, and he's got to use it sometime. And, you know, <laughs> it's a cold environment, so maybe Frostbite has a, a little bit of the whiskey to keep his blood going. I mean, he can't be behind the wheel of a snowcat. Uh, then we've got Airtight and Barbecue uh, riding in the rear. Uh, Which they don't they don't camouflage very well in the snow, but uh, at least they're at least they're probably well insulated in those. Yes, outfits. they are covered. Mm-hmm. They are covered. No no flesh exposed, so at least they're uh, better off than Quick Kick would be. <laughs> Next up, I, I apologize for the blurriness, but obviously a lot of these scans are not the highest resolution in the world. But what a gang of evil goons! But we're missing a knock. <laughs> Like, why is Buzzer not here? Well, I, did he maybe come out later in the year or something? I don't think so. I think they were all because I mean, if, but I don't they think were there all was eighty four like eighty four bodies that just were released in eighty five because they didn't have the uh, the heads that went up and down. So like them and Tollbooth were kind of oddities for eighty five because they were clearly tooled earlier than the rest of them. Right. But I feel like. If you look at the other wish books as well, there was never any rhyme or reason other than good guy packs, bad guy packs with how Sears put these together. Yeah, that's true. Hasbro might have just sort of, you know, here's here's what you have. Mm-hmm. And that that would be a bad guy pack consisting of scrap iron, crimson guard, that's eel. A- a snow serpent. I'm sorry, not scrap iron. Uh, televiper. Yeah, televiper. Uh, I said it was a blurry picture. Uh, <laughs> Ripper and Torch. So a little pack of evil. Actually, you know what? Now that I say that, I'm curious to go back and see. I don't think we're going to be able to read it. Oh, yeah. I can't read that at all. <laughs> Moving on. To land and see... Interesting that this one is not as stocked up as some of the others. And while yeah, the, the whale doesn't even have anybody. Oh, cutters no, guess, in there. Yeah, cutters up there. At the yeah, top. cutters nobody's in, in the, there. Nobody's in the little gun ports. Well, and the televipers driving. They're the pushing the televipers this yeah. Christmas. They're big on the televiper. Uh, and then we've got the bridge layer actually laying a bridge across uh, a beautifully depicted body of water. Look at those little bushes. Mm-hmm. Little, little uh, seaside landscaping. And I used that bridge layer all the time. It was it was at like the center of my GI Joe convoys because it had to. I had that terraced backyard on that lake, and you know I needed. Needed somebody to span those big gaps, and I never had it, but my best friend Tony did. And 
as a kid, I did not appreciate it. Well, as as much as because like the the bridge layers, uh, the the bit that holds the bridge on, because you actually have to bend that plastic to get it on and off. Yeah, it's notorious for being like one of the easily breakable breakable parts. Man, I must have taken mine on and off a thousand times as a kid, and it's still intact. So yeah, I mine got, never I broke. Lucky there, it had stress marks, but I it never broke. Now, if you do it now over time that plastic is probably a little more brittle than it was sure. in 1985 sure so i think it was my it was like either my second or third dragon con when i learned that the bridge layer is a re- was a real thing and one of my <laughs> joe potts player friends showed me online that it was real because as a kid I, remember- I thought that was totally made up well, you know, like the, well, the, the images of wacky. the guy typing on the internet, like doing this. That was me the first time I saw the stupid BuzzFeed article. It was like 10 of the most ridiculous vehicles in G.I. Joe and the bridge layer was on there. And I was like, ah, it's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got an interesting discussion comment from G.I. Joeberg. Everybody listen up and be ready to start doing what Noel was just doing with the typing. Does the community think modern Hasbro reproductions of O-Rings make the grade? I'm not sure I'd be interested in crowdfunding inferior reproductions of toys I already own. Now, there are a lot of loaded words in this comment. Uh, First, I want to address make the grade. It depends on what your own personal grade is. Do you want modern, sturdier representations of characters you love so that you can have these figures and not worry about them breaking? If that's the grade you want, then sure. Uh, Inferior reproductions, also pretty loaded because they're sturdier. They don't have the gloss, but that's really more a matter of taste than anything else. Some of them have uh, a little better construction. Some of them have softer sculpting. So that's there's really no debating that the soft sculpting would need to be improved. Uh, But... Yeah, I 100% would love to have modern reproductions of figures I already own because every time I touch one of my vintage Joes, I have to worry about, am I going to break a thumb off? Is this crotch going to explode? Is this going to be the day that the torso decides to start splitting apart? I would love to have versions of all of those characters that I loved and grew up with and not have to worry about you know, handling them with kid gloves. When I look at the troopers um, and like the stinger drivers that I have for the new ones, honestly, if it weren't for nostalgia making me want a figure look a certain way, these these would have probably been like superior figures if I'd gotten them this way to begin with. I, I think that the the paints the the paint apps are much better. The sculpts are much cleaner. Um, they just and they're and they're sturdier. They're better built figures. I'll give you guys the better built, but I'm on the opposite spectrum. Like, I I definitely, surprise, surprise, I would be all in for an updated O-ring line, but I want it, even though we don't have them in hand yet, I want it to be more along the lines of, like, a call sign longbow. Because when I got the Sky Striker, yeah, definitely like I said, the construction on the figures is better. That soft sculpt, though, 
like ripcord it doesn't look like I, he has any delineation from his neck to his chin no i and, i i'm and, on the same page with you on that i and want some of the paint salts. i i it it's too heavy-handed it it looks like if i painted the figure um so i i, I think there's room for improvement on them well, I compared to what they've mine. given us the trooper, just the ones that came with the Transformers figures, and then the the trooper officer and the Stinger drivers have been the only ones that I've actually held in hand because everything else I still have sealed. Um, so I haven't gotten a chance to really handle all of them. And in an ideal world, if Hasbro were to return to O rings or if Super Seven is to pick them up, yes, I would want them to get some of the people that work on Longbow and Recall and whatever else to do the sculpting and not just scan. Like, yeah, sure, scan the original figures, but let's plus them up rather than softening them. Yeah, more. like, I get the nostalgia factor because, you know, let's look at that Zartan. Yep, awesome. He looks like the See, this, original if... Zartan, but an updated face sculpt so he looked more human and less i got stung by a bee well this one face. has this one has an updated face sculpt it looks oh it does to me it looks better okay. yeah he and zarana both have completely new portraits now i also presume he doesn't change colors no he does neither one of them do yeah i didn't i didn't think so um yeah if it weren't for the the production failings on him and Zorana, uh, they would be very good. I'm looking forward to the uh, review then, because I want to see the faces. Uh, yeah, you'll uh, you'll you'll get a look at them. That'll be up tomorrow, right here on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, let's see here, Mandalorian Jedi. I want reproductions of what I had as a kid, probably more than I want new stuff. I know I'm living in the past, but I like it there. I, we all do. That's why we're all here tonight. <laughs> uh, Kevin Riddle, I'd be down for almost like a classified update of new O-rings. I'm starting to run out of space, and 3.75 would be great. Uh, let's see. Ken Tomlin, I also look at reproductions of the classic O-rings as a way for collectors fans to get figures like Night Force or Tiger Force groups all together for a lot less money than what the originals cost. 100%. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Will R, did you guys see the ramen bridge layer concept? Uh, what, what, what a wild, preposterous idea that is. Can you imagine paying $500? <laughs> for a, a bridge layer that had because for, i believe it had room for like four classified figures oh my gosh seated i mean that thing wow it's i just it, it price wise even if it's a hundred bucks i just don't want a bridge layer that big i love that they're doing it i think it's a lot of fun that they're ideating like that uh and good luck to them with it but that is that's so low on my list, regardless of the price, that it's not even something I'd contemplate. Although, only because I read it way too quickly, um, I now need a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. The, more of the Transformers bot bots, because I need a cup of ramen that transforms <laughs> into the bridge. 
Oh, Bobby Bridge layer sounds awesome. I completely forgot this part. Uh, Will R brings this up. It's modular and can make a Wolverine and a Mobat, which, by the way, where'd they get that idea? Hmm. I feel like that's come up somewhere before. Hmm. Hmm. To to piggyback on what Ken Tomlin was saying about, you know, the reproductions being able to uh, complete those those old lines, like when it comes to Transformers on my shelf, if I buy a reproduction and it looks better than the original G1 figure, that's what goes up the, up on the shelf for me. Like the the newest Starscream, the Walmart one, just replaced the last reproduction Starscream um, that I had up there, which had replaced the original one because I just think that those figures look better. Um, it's just a better representation of the character to me. So yeah. I would, with my Joes, you know, most of what I have up there is just original stuff, but I've actually not been opposed to in the background, sticking some of the newer figures like troopers, especially to just kind of give it a little bit more depth. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, if I could, if they weren't 22 99 a piece or whatever the individual price was that they were charging for, and you know, you could army build for a much more reasonable price then yeah, I would be buying tons of the new O-ring figures if I had the opportunity. Oh, and to go real quick, to go back to the, the ramen bridge layer, that is ingenious to make it modular. I'm glad somebody picked that idea up, whether they got it from us or not. Uh, but again, good Lord, how much is the thing going to cost? And I still have never had a ramen product in hand. So I don't know. I know, I know they've got their fans. So maybe they're making really good quality stuff. Uh, maybe I'll find see it in person someday and fall in love. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Here we go, Noel. Tell us about this little trio of treats. Well, we had talked about the radio control tank and um, Jeep. Yes. I think it was like one or two Christmases ago on one of our shows. And in one of the catalogs, they have the Joe figures in that Jeep and... It'll it'll burst your bubble because it's not quite the scale. <laughs> no, it's it's very wee. But the idea of having um, you know remote control vehicles to play with your Joe figures was always something that, honestly, to this day, I saw somebody who did a custom Awestriker uh, RC, and I was like, you know, I, I should do that with one of the like busted Awestrikers that I've got. Find a little RC vehicle, and you know, I could have my own. Um, you know, what was the, the crossfire? I could have my own version of that, but not have to pay $700 for a crossfire. I would much rather have a little remote-controlled striker than that gigantic, ridiculous crossfire. That, by the way, I did have when I was a kid and wow. drove, like, one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got the, um, uh, uh, I mentioned I got that Jada Toys Optimus Prime um, auto-transforming one. The Not the one that costs $600. Right, right. But the one that, you know, you could get at Target for 70 bucks, I got it on the Bullseye site, and after all the discounts, it was only like $27. I was like, done. I played with that thing for hours the other day. First of all, it's fun because it transforms and it talks and stuff, and it rolls around really well. It's also great to torment my dogs. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just look, it's like, hey, look a radio-controlled toy. I have not had one of these in years, but... I was always fascinated, but I think these are those terrible little radio controls that, like, they go forward in a straight line, and they, they go back and to the left, and that's all they ever do. Well, 
I uh, I can tell you from personal experience, I had that blue helicopter right there, ah. and it was awesome, and it was Tomax and Zamot's personal transport. Nice. Uh, but the remote control functionality was was not really great. But well, it's I mean, a cool. It, if you look at it, it's it's a cool vehicle. Did it just drive forward? And then uh, no, it it actually. I'm trying to remember. I believe it was multi. It was multi. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't flying. It was multi-directional. I I think the rotors might have spun. Um, Let's hope that because that as at least well. makes sense as oh, yeah. opposed yeah. to it driving. I th- I th- believe it did. But it was another thing where it ate up batteries. So that was the thing about the Crossfire is it used something like six AA batteries and then a nine volt battery in the remote or in the control. Mm-hmm. And and like it ate up batteries in like 20 minutes. It was ridiculous. And this thing was the same way. So eventually I just wasn't even playing with it with the remote. I was just flying it around like any other vehicle. <laughs> uh, and then we've got. I have no memory of this awesome thing. This eight-wheel open-top moon rover that looks very much like the exploration vehicle from the deleted scene in Aliens. It's uh, reminding cool. me of the big track, but you couldn't put figures in a big track. So, Wow, that's not going to be the last time we mentioned big track tonight. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, and I had, I had some little vehicles that were similar to that that came with these little like um, three-inch articulated figures. But I don't think this was part of that line. Um, but they had a vehicle that was very, very similar to that one in that picture. Yeah, but I well, don't know if and this I is think... a Joe scaled or if it's something. It's a completely different scale. Well, this looks like it might be sort of a companion piece to that helicopter. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, this is almost certainly Joe scaled. And I think every like Radio Shack had stuff like this. JC Penny, like every retailer had their own version of these kinds of things. Oh, oh man, it would. Ken Tomlin, that Moon Rover would make a great October Guard custom vehicle. Yeah, yeah it would. Yes. From the uh, comics. Very much <laughs> like that. I like this little like jiving elf that says cut two dollars yes that elf is excited about the price drop (laughs) uh okay let me i'm trying to figure out what our next slide is it's so tiny i can't see it but i do believe uh next up we have made selections from elsewhere around the wish book each of us has picked a non-joe item to reminisce and reflect on noel are you ready to talk about your pick sure Hey, look tell us about robots. it. So, and I, I had specifically mentioned one thing on here, but I am glad that you did put the entire thing up because I kind of want to touch on just the general idea of robot toys um, in 1984, 1985. You're like Polly from Rocky Four. You want to touch on robots, <laughs> right? We we know what Polly did with that robot. Um, but so I had I had a big track, which at the time, like Big Track was essentially a robot. 
Um, if anybody doesn't remember the big track, it was a little like six wheeled vehicle, uh, but it had like you could program it. You you would tell, tell it to like go forward like five feet and then turn left and then it would go and then it would fire and then you could have it like turn around. And, and then they actually had a trailer that went with it. that was an add on accessory and you could get it to like dump the trailer. Um, I spent hours and that was a toy that transcended being a Star Wars toy later to becoming a G.I. Joe toy. And I yeah. could program it to do, you know, things. And it was one of Cobras or Destro probably would have used this in like in my headcanon, but I didn't have a Destro as a kid. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, but I, and I also had another one of these little robot toys that was a little car and you drew a line, like a black line with a Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And it wasn't until later on when I started understanding a little bit about, about robotics. It's like, oh, that's a robot. That's that's actually Whoa. a very basic functioning robot. So when eighty four came out and there was an issue of uh, Penny Power, if you remember Penny Power, it was a magazine put out by Consumer Reports for kids, and they compared a lot of different toy lines. And um, I remember getting the issue where they talked about all the big trans, all the big like toys that were like robot related because in 84 that was when GoBots and transformers, but also max steel's robo force Voltron. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, all that stuff was in stores. It was kind of like robot mania, but they did a big thing about the real robots that are now becoming available. And I remember seeing that Omnibot 2000 and I fell in love and I begged and pleaded <laughs> for that thing for so long and look i begged and pleaded for a for a flag the flag retailed for about 90 to 100 dollars when it first came out yeah this thing was 500 dollars. whoa i think it's i think in i think it's 449 here um and it may have been a little bit less at some other retailers how but big I mean, is it it's just it's about this is about 28 inches tall, I think. I think okay. it's the biggest of the four here. Max Steel over here, however, even more expensive. Oh, wait, remember... that's actually the RoboForce Max Steel. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the Max Steel RoboForce. Oh. Now, Tomy did all these. That was the big thing. It was like Tomy was putting all these robots out. So they in, did their Omnibot stuff, and they had Verbot. Um, Verbot's the one that's over on the bottom right, the, the larger of the two in that bottom one. Verbot actually responded to like verbal cues and that was really cool some of my friends had that one but it was still yeah. like verbot was still like 150 dollars something Whoa. like that and this is 85 money right right yeah chatbot down there at the bottom was like 60 bucks and it like it repeated back phrases it wasn't very cool like <laughs> i had friends that got chatbot and were very disappointed so i was I've, like i've I don't got want news for you chatbot is back <laughs> <laughs> And it still just repeats phrases. Right, right. But but yeah, the um the, the Max Steel was great. And the Max Steel actually did some more practical things, like it could pick things up and carry them and stuff. But like that Omnibot, like I still still to this day, like I, I wish I had one. I've looked at them for years after that. Maybe I can get one on the aftermarket that still works and they're still ridiculously prohibitively expensive for something that would just be a novelty toy for me. Man. Um, but the uh it's not really a novelty because as i remember from the commercial the claw like that's big enough to hold a can as yeah, an yeah. adult now 
that's like a service dog. It goes to the refrigerator, <laughs> gets your beer, and brings it to you. That's right. That is worth at least five hundred dollars in eighty money, eighties money, which is probably like you know three grand now. But the and the, the if you look at the Omnibot, clearly that design inspired some things, because like Wafflebot from the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie, um, eighties robot from the Muppets, like. All very related to this Omnibot as far well, as Will R is saying Rob yeah. from NES's yeah. evil brother, and it, it is very kind of Rob esque. I think Rob came out this same year, didn't he? Eighty five, yeah. Well, I yeah. think the Omnibot two thousand may have come out in eighty four. Oh, okay, but, okay. But yeah, I mean eighty four, eighty five, it was it was around this time that like robots were the thing. My best friend in high school had Rob. And I mean, maybe it's just because so much time had passed because, you know, we were on Super Nintendo by then. Uh, Rob sucked. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Rob, it, Rob was bad from the start. Two games. Was it uh, Gyromite? And uh, there was one other that it that it actually interacted with. So I want to yeah. say it was Burger Time, but that's not right. <laughs> it was not Burger Time. <laughs> it was not Burger Time. <laughs> Because that about, would have been awesome. Yeah, it was something with like stacking in its name or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. something like that. But yeah. yeah, it was literally just like it just did that. Like it was yeah. so it was weak. It was not as not as lame as the power glove. True, but <laughs> it, the power glove looked cool. On the power yeah, glove did look cool. Oh uh, yeah, Zoid Star Years. Those were also uh, ones. Daniel Rodriguez. Yep. Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. I drooled over Zoids and Star Years. And I had absolutely. I had tons of Zoids because Zoids were great because they, you know, they were small and you pieced them together and then you wound them up and they, and they still made Zoids up until you know. They, I think they still do. They make still Zoids. do. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a great uh, to, to go back to old Secret Galaxy that we talk about all the time. He's got a feature on Zoids that that's great. Stack up, Will R. Stack, Stack up, up was the other game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there he is, Omnibot two thousand. Very impressive. Uh, the picture does not do him justice. I'm just saying that Max Steel is. I don't remember that at all. I mean, you I remember can, uh, the actual can, toy. I think they made more of him than like the Omnibot because I see him at conventions fairly regularly. Yeah, I and he feel was like I, I think I think overall he was probably the one that had the most like the most functionality as far as programmability and stuff like that too. I do remember there was a there was an ad that used to come on that said like he walks, he talks, he's two feet tall. And then as kids we used to say, he cost five hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't have the cool hugging power that the regular Max Steel figure had. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time to move on. Uh, Christian. Uh oh. Christian tried to pull a <laughs> tried to pull a fast one on me and send me some nice high res. Oh picks yeah. Of his selection, and <clears throat> we don't play that here in Wishbook Land. <laughs> so you are going to be stuck with the page bum, of bum, the catalog. Bum. Well, just you know like what? The rest of us. Well, the catalog helps. Uh my argument actually okay good good well and this looks incredible here we can zoom in so my pick uh is golden girl not the sitcom although <laughs> barbarian b arthur would oh, thank you make me so happy <laughs> i would buy that uh, in a second but as a kid yes i love gi joe but he man 
100%. Like, that was my my big thing. Um, and also as a kid, I was not... I never understood the concept of girls' toys, boy toys. If something looked cool, I wanted it. And Well, I think every... Like, if if we're being honest... Every boy in the 80s was a little girl toy curious. <laughs> so, like, everybody wanted to smell a strawberry shortcake. Oh, it's just a well, fact. some guys still do and, <laughs> and, and pay nicely for it. And looking at, oh boy, and looking at this page, that fortress is awesome. That's the thing. So, with Golden Girl. It very much was created as barbarian warriors for girls, whereas She-Ra toys absolutely did not match up with the cartoon. She-Ra right. toys were, <clears throat> here's girly stuff, right? Like the Crystal Castle had a, a lacy bed. What does She-Ra need with the lacy bed to fight the Horde? This castle... On the inside of it, it's like, you know, here's this flaming torch and a training area. Um, the the main thing, though, for me as a kid with the Golden Girls, and my parents never let me um, buy any, but the villains were so cool. Um, you know, Evelyn, awesome, but... If you get a chance, look some of these up because, like, Dragon Lady, Moth Woman, they look like psychotic glow wrestlers. And they were the exact same size and sort of build as Tila, uh, but they did have jointed knees. They had, like, the Barbie knees, so it was like a soft plastic with an armature underneath. So they had a little bit more posability. Um, so, yeah, so... It, it wasn't what I consider girly like Princess of Power. Um, and man, I, I wanted them because He-Man as a toy line was sorely lacking in female combatants. Well, and that's what this looks like a line of females that are He-Man, like a red Sonya yeah. line or something. And this, this, uh, Anybody listening or uh, if you're watching, like once we're done, Google Golden Girl Palace of Gems. It looks like a villain's palace from Conan. Like, honestly, if if I were to ever find one, not eBay. Uh, like at a show. At a show so I don't have to pay the shipping because it is fairly large. Uh, I would absolutely buy it. And, yeah. and yeah. make it because it would scale with classified a little bit um, off, but it it's so awesome looking. And and uh, you they don't have it in this catalog uh, down at the bottom, right where it says Golden Girl. You can see the villain Dragon Lady on her black horse. The horse drags a chariot that is shaped with this giant dragon head that comes out and over where the person would sit. It was like, yeah, Conan 
meets Dungeons and Dragons meets Lady He-Man. And but it was made by Galoob and you it's hard to find them in good shape. Golden Girl Palace of Gems not on eBay at all. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I vaguely remember these because I remember them being out around the same time as Sheer was out. Well, I see Um, them at shows all the time. Yeah. Not um, the the palace, but like the figures and... The weapons were die-cast metal. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so they got some weight to them. um, Because one of my friends, his little sister, did have them, uh, which is why I got to play with them and obviously then wanted them. Um, but yeah, the, the plastic that they used for them, if you didn't take care of them, it doesn't hold up very well. And they like to fall into amputee pieces. <laughs> Will R says, give me that Destro. Give me that yes! Destro's castle. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, uh- Ken Tomlin, I used to duct tape my sister's Care Bear plastic figures into my version of Voltron, Care Bear Tron. My sister would get so mad at me. Well, my my same friend, his his younger sister, as younger siblings tend to want to do, they want to play with you as well. Um, so when we would be playing G.I. Joe or He-Man, she would come in with like her Rainbow Bright or her My Little Ponies. And there is nothing, I think, as awesome as seeing He-Man instead of riding on Battle Cat on the back of a Pegasus G1 My Little Pony just flying into battle. Oh, I thought you were going to say on the back of Murky Dismal. They're too. They they were more like stuffed animals. We usually with those we were like, get those out of here. Wasn't Murky Dismal the little puffball bad guy from Yes Rainbow Bright? Okay, good. Yeah, thank, thank you, Brain. I'm glad you wow. can remember that. But you I knew can't the name. Remember... Boy, we're yeah. all we're all terribly terribly broken. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, I hope everybody's ready to get a little weird. <laughs> Because it's time for story time with Dave. Uh-oh. So, Noel, you wanted a robot. Christian, you wanted an awesome castle full of barbarian women. Whereas Dave, looking to the future and seeing the career that he knew he was going to be pursuing. Young nine-year-old Dave in 1985 looked ahead and knew that in the year 2023... 47-year-old Dave was beyond a shadow of a doubt going to be the world's most successful ventriloquist. God! No! Leon! I, I had the Charlie McCarthy ventriloquist dummy, and I was 1,000% convinced that I was going to be a ventriloquist when I grew up. I... All day, every day, walked around the house with this dummy talking at my parents, talking to my baby sister. When guests would come over, I would bring out 
my ventriloquist dummy, and I would ventriloquize for anybody who would even glance in my direction. And there was, again, no doubt in my mind that this was my calling and my career. (laughs) So on page 475 of the 1985 Sears Wish Book, that you can find at wishbookweb.com, you will see a selection of ventriloquist dummies uh, and that Charlie McCarthy, the gentleman with the top hat and the monocle, because I knew I wanted to keep it classy. Uh, I'm just picturing young Dave now, like the, what's his name? Like the psychopath he was? Well, I know the puppet's name was Bob. I can never remember the ventriloquist name, though, on Soap, where... Uh, oh, yeah. The puppet just went everywhere. Yeah, with him. it was it a was, real. It was thing. like that. It like, was like, like come on, we're going to McDonald's, and my mom, Dave's had, Charlie McCarthy, is like, give me my nuggets. My mom had to tell me I couldn't bring him to the dinner table. <laughs> I, I, I hope you're not like Joe Bluth with uh, with uh, Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so that's uh i i've shared a a deep wow um so yeah i yeah. love you got that right puppets, kid but dave was the was coolest dummy. kid in his neighborhood they were all so jealous of my mad ventriloquist skills um I'm also pretty sure my mom wouldn't. I don't think he ever came into school for like show and tell or anything. I think my mom was pretty <laughs> conscious of not letting that get too far out into public. Um, the other one, I cannot remember. There was a very successful black ventriloquist, uh, and that is his dummy. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember was the it? ventriloquist name or the dummy's name. I right th- thought it was Leon. Uh Willie Tyler. Yes. yes. Willie Tyler and Lester. Lester. Lester, Lester. that's right. Because we we cannot read the print in this ad at no. all. Um, yeah, that's right. Willie Tyler and Lester. Very, very big uh, at the time. Actually, much bigger than Charlie McCarthy was at the time. Or Howdy Doody, who is here. Yeah. For some reason in 1985. Well, <clears throat> because... Everything is cyclical by 30 years. That's why in the 80s, 50s culture. So happy days. Remember, Richie Cunningham was big in the Howdy Doody. So grandma, grandpa, parents that want to buy you a puppet, they're going to know Howdy Doody. That's true. That's true. Yep. 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 Kicked all off with Grease, the the disco 50s movie. And uh, just to wrap things up, with uh <laughs> wait i'm sorry new york night 1974 i want a cobra commander ventriloquist dummy oh my gosh that would be brilliant but i want it to have chrome. A, well i want it to have a jaw in the chrome visor uh, that's, that's oh <laughs> curious like how would the mouth articulate hmm well, you take it off, and then there's like you know the Snake Man, Cobra Commander. Oh, there you go. That's even me. better. I, I like so, that even better. But then you can only say once a man. So just, just to uh, return to the world of GI Joe, one last thing from the Wish Book. Oh, uh, Jeff Butler 
Fun fact, Willie Tyler and Lester were popular enough to be regular cast members yes. on the final season yes. of Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Yes. Suck it to me. Put that in your funkin' wagnalls. <laughs> Look uh, all right. One last thing from the wish book. Uh, Look at that gorgeous G.I. Joe sleeping bag complete with... Now, did it roll up into that little carrying bag, or is that a tote that it went into? That's a tote. That's something you would buy separate to put it into. Oh, you're right, because the tote has a nine and the sleeping bag yeah. has a two. So those that's are just, those are two separate items. That's just brilliant and shameless cross promotion right there. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And of course, flanking the Joes are the superpowers and transformers. That that page I spent probably more time on it than I should have. It's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, oh man, I did a very poor job here because we're done with Operation Black Friday. Uh, our wish book reminiscences have come to a close. It is time now for the segment that you, the Audible Army, provide sound off. And I have failed in my mission because I forgot to add sound off to the slide. So we're just going to have to go off of... Uh, Bum, 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 bum. My drive over here, but that's okay because we're all. Well, uh, that's because by that point they were already starting to figure out: Is Storm Shadow a Joe? Is he a Cobra? We're just going to keep changing it. Just a moment while I pull up our sound offs. Like I said, we didn't get a ton this week, but that's okay because we had plenty of content, my friends. All right, here we go. Sound off number one from Daniel Rod 35, who happens to be here in the chat, or at least was earlier. Uh, missed a couple of streams, so not sure if it was covered, but I picked up Real American Hero 301. Wasn't expecting it to go that way, but hey, not a bad read. Love the illustrations. I like pictures. Have you guys read it? Thoughts? Also started reading Nailbiter. Any recommendations for comics? Uh, well, first of all, we will be reviewing G.I. Joe Real American Hero 301 on our next episode. The auto uh, audio version will be available next Friday. Uh, so we'll share our thoughts then. Any comic recommendations? Uh, my I haven't read comics regularly in years, but I will say my single pick for greatest comic book of all time is Saga. Mm. Uh, I, I think Saga is just the absolute greatest comic ever written, illustrated, anything else. Any comic rec uh, recommendations from you guys? I, w I would just say there's a lot of good indie stuff out there. I Unfortunately, I know uh, Kindle is shutting down the Comixology app and absorbing everything into Kindle, so it's going to make it a little trickier to find stuff. Uh, I can't think of names off the top of my head, but most of what I've been enjoying are just, like, single one-off, you know, writer-artist made Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Little passion it, projects. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, oh, actually, just off the top of my head, uh, there is a comic called wake hang on i've got to look up um 
this is the wrong oh it's by uh scott snyder and sean murphy it came out years ago uh but if you look up scott snyder wake uh it's a limited series it's it's a like however many issues it is eight or nine issues and that's it it's done and it is great uh the or i'm sorry it's the wake so look up the wake by scott snyder and it's it's killer it's sort of what Waterworld could have been and i would love to see an adaptation of this thing noel any any comic recommendations new world i haven't read a a non-joe comic in in many years so <laughs> little little out of the loop with them i guess actually i think the probably the last non-joe comic i read was the that that odd little gobots series they did yes uh, oh, oh, highest I recommendation about yeah. That. yes that was, that was it, so i wasn't good. It, it took me a little while to kind of get what they were doing with it. But right, once I, right. Yeah. Once I, I really got into it, I really enjoyed. It's uh, you know, kind of an alternate history of Transformers and GoBots. No yes. Spoilers, spoiler alerts. It is a weird comic, but it is well worth reading. It's just GoBots. Uh, oh, gosh. And the art. Yeah. I, I really, really liked. It was like muted colors. With not not like cross hatching, uh, it almost like it was drawn. Like some of it almost feels like it was drawn by by a, by a kid. Yes, like it was right. Kind of, like like it's, a crayon texture. Right, okay. it's here, like here it is. penciled, it's, uh, no inks. It's GoBots by Tom Scioli. Scioli. It's S C I O L I. Tom Scioli. Uh, GoBots, and it it's one of my. It might be one of my all-time favorite comics. Like it's so innovative and different mm -hmm. and and meta and weird. Man, I love it. Love Ken it. Uh, Tomlin, old comic, Rising Stars, was really interesting and a fun read. And let me tell you, because I was working at a comic shop when that came out, the first, I think, like ten or twelve issues of that absolutely amazing uh, the the issue with the the person who can't feel any pain uh how he how they use that against him to you know murder him uh what is still mind-blowing i think it falls into the same problem that a lot of j michael straczynski's stuff does if it goes on too long he just kind of goes off the rails and and Unfortunately, that's one of those series that I think by the time it reached its third act, I was like, can they just in this now? Because I'm I'm <laughs> only buying it because I know it's ending with a certain issue. That's not just Straczynski, though. That's no, like, there's a lot. That's almost anything, really. They they that's why I enjoy the like miniseries and limited runs and finite, you know what I mean? Yeah, but there's some some not to go off on too far of a tangent but like to me a jack kirby a grant morrison if they have a really strong editor that can yeah. rein their ideas in they can keep story concepts going and going and going and always surprising you it's when the editor goes oh you're grant morrison do what you want and then all of a sudden 
the book just becomes not what it was before. We, we, we can't say what the book becomes, but we all know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with Straczynski, like even I, and I hope I'm not going to tick anybody off, but like even Babylon five, I feel like the earlier seasons were really good. And then it just kind of reaches a point and I'm like, mm. that's, that's why I like shows that are designed to have a, a start and an ending point. Um, and, and like even things like Stranger Things, I thought that first season was perfect. Mandalorian, I thought that first season was perfect. And it's just diminishing returns beyond that because a lot of times they'll have an idea for one story arc and then you got to continue that forever. You know, that's why Breaking Bad is so good is because they, yeah, he, he knew where the show wanted to begin and mm-hmm. wanted to end and he did not push further. Greatest one, one single episode aside, greatest television show of all time. Uh, uh, DP7, yes. All right, we got to move on. All right, got to move on. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> uh, Mandalorian Jedi. If Skybound were afforded the opportunity to make a G.I. Joe animated series similar to the original 80s cartoon, what artist would you recruit to write an original theme and what would it be like? Additionally, what existing song would you have them licensed to play during the episode end credits? Um, I would have them recruit a band called Neon Warlords to write <laughs> the original theme for the cartoon because there is nobody alive on the planet right now that would do a better job of it. Uh, everybody check out Neon Warlords. Uh, they're amazing. They just had a remo- uh, remix done by Droid Bishop, uh, who some of you may be familiar with. Uh, it's it's incredible. Angel City are uh, by Neon Warlords, remixed by Droid Bishop. Uh, additionally, what existing song would you have them licensed to play during the episode end credits? Uh, I wouldn't. I would have them play a slowed down instrumental version of the Neon Warlords song that opened the show. Because I always like that. I always, I, I feel like that's what the end credits should be. They should just be like an instrumental variation of the opening theme. What about you guys? I, I mean, I got. I got to say that for the theme and for any like music throughout the show, I think Electric Minnow Music has to be the one to produce it. Cause oh, nice! They've done some great stuff for a certain podcast. That's so true. That's that, true. That does fit very well with the GI Joe vibe, and I can see that working uh, with the new animated series. Actually, I was thinking about like for if you if you are going to do a licensed song for the outro, there's not one song, but I think that especially if you want to kind of keep kind of a retro vibe to the show as yeah, I think that's the idea that we're, we're talking about here. Um, you license different songs that maybe have something to do with the plot of the episode. Oh man. I love that. So like, so like if you had an episode and it's going to cost a lot of money, this is just an example, but if you had an episode that took place in the jungle, you throw in welcome to the jungle by guns and roses. Is sure, the outro sure. song. If you, you know, uh, into the fire by docking is a song. If it's a show that like had like a big fire scene. Oh or, man. Um, you know, and they would do the closing credits would just be like, remember how at the end of, well, they started doing it again. WWE at the end of the pay-per-view will do the clip. Yeah. Recap. So that's the closing credits would just be be the same credits every time, but underneath it would be playing like a clip recap of the yeah, show from the, with the, this from song the playing. Episode. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Let's do and it. I was trying to remember like when we when we put together our own like ideas for a soundtrack 
using existing music mm-hmm. for the end of the movie. Like some of the ones that we threw out, I think would be perfect. Uh, Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler as the end of an episode or. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like that. Will R. I'm bouncing off of his idea because I had a band. And, and compared to you guys now, I feel like I went really basic because in the shared Hasbro verse and for promotion, what band would you want? Cybertronic Spree. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to have the Cybertronic Spree do their take on Suicide is Painless with RC belting it up because they would, if we're going to go that way, Will R, we have to have the lyrics. It can't be just the music. We're not wimping out here. Yes. And if you guys have never heard the MASH lyrics, I never I never want to hear the MASH theme song again. And I certainly don't ever need to hear it. The MASH theme song, to me, is, is a Pavlovian channel change response. Oh, I'm no, it, not a MASH fan. That and the theme to Taxi, uh, it will put me to sleep. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's the most, but, Taxi's very depressing too. Yeah. I love the Taxi theme because that, that was, I, I knew when that came on at Nick at Night, it was my happy time because it was my favorite show. I, uh, MASH, my memory of MASH is it came on when Saturday morning cartoons were done. <laughs> so I hated MASH. <laughs> But Larry Hama was on MASH. Well, that's fine. Bringing it all back. <laughs> that's why he'll never be on our show. That's right. <laughs> oh, you Larry... were on MASH. Fine. You voted Sergeant Slaughter out of G.I. Joe. I voted Larry Hama out of G.I. Joe. <laughs> no, no. Of course not. Strike down for the record. I would never, I would not, absolutely not do that. Not even for being on MASH. All right. Clint, 723, I'm kind of a co. We're still talking about comic books. I'm kind of a comic book snob, I guess. I don't think Omnibus has hold up nicely to reading the actual content. I loved IDW's hardcovers that would do like 12 books at a time. How do you hope they collect the comics or even if Skybound plans to collect them? Keep up the great work and thanks for helping me spend my excess money. That is what we're here for, Clint. Uh, Well, first of all, listen to the Alex Antone interview. Uh, if you want some hints dropped about Skybound's plans, um, I am not in general, I'm not a big fan of omnibuses unless they are big enough to, which some of the omnibuses I have are about 12 issues. I think the Starman omnibus books are about 12, 10 or 12 issues. Like they, I don't like the massive ones though, that get difficult to open and read. That's too much. Uh, the Saga omnibuses are manageable. They're oversized, but they're, you can do it. Uh, but my, I mean, my preferred collected format is always going to be about 10 issues in just a standard trade paperback. That's as far as just being able to read it. That's always going to be best for me. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I read everything digitally on my Kindle Fire um, <laughs> space. Yeah. Hey, I, know, I, I, know. I, I thought know. I thought I would hate it, but once they came out with the 10-inch screen, 
honestly, it's like reading a comic. Well, um, and you don't have to worry about what happened to some friends of ours years and years and years ago is their floor collapsed under the weight of all the comic books that they were storing. <laughs> well, I was very lucky when one of the comic shops that I worked at closed up. I got all of the industrial shelving, which is still in my storage unit holding my long boxes. Um, but anyway, I I do have some of those like massive hundred issue omnibuses and they they look good on a shelf. That's pretty right. much it. Um, the oversized one, like I think what's perfect is like the one I have for Crisis on Earth. Like you said, it's 12 issues, but it's a, you know, a bigger yeah. print. Like so, you have to sit at the table to read it, but you right. can actually manage it. Yeah. But if I'm going to sit down to read it, it's like a moment, right? Like just because the book is so big this isn't yeah. like oh i'm just laying in bed and i'm just gonna flip through the pages Dude, um, one of the most gorgeous collected editions i own is the um absolute all-star superman mm -hmm. oh my gosh the size is perfect the everything about it very and if if anything that's like a high quality like archival edition like that like if if skybound wants to do gi joe like that Let's go. I am in. Remaster everything. Like, put in. Like, I will buy everything from a standard trade paperback to a super fancy hardcover. Larry Hama notes in the binding. Like, did you ever see any of the uh, Bloom County collections that IDW put out? Yes. With all the notes from Burke Breathed and like, mm -hmm. like if they want to do that, let's go. I That's mean. what I also love about the uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earth ones. It it blah, blah, blah. it's two books in the slipcase. One being the omnibus with the issues, and then the second book is is nothing but production notes, oh, sketches, yes, yes. The, the process of of making it, and you know, to me, that's like extras on a blu-ray like i eat that stuff yes. up. yes dude and you know what while we're talking about what if skybound skybound let's start getting some of these art books out yeah i mean seriously like let's catch up with dark, what dark horse has done with masters of the universe please mm -hmm. uh noel do you have a preferred i mean you're you're mostly digital now if you do have Most to read something right yeah, most digital at this point in time, and I've not really been one to collect a lot of omnibuses. Um, I mean, I've got a few, but they're like just the, they're just essentially the the six in, the, the six issue or the twelve issue at most. Right, right. Books just collected editions, on a shelf. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I don't really have too much of an opinion on the matter. Yeah. Uh, all right, fellas. Well, I know what we do have opinions on, and that is GI Joe, and we have shared a lot of them here this week. But before we go. Uh, I think we've got just a few more minutes here for a little Joe and Tell, sponsored by our pal Slickalicious. Everybody check out Slickalicious, uh, shop Slickalicious on Instagram. I believe Black Friday sales are either going on or upcoming, so check that out. Uh, I'm going to go first, only because I had two Joe and Tell possibilities that were struck down by fate. So I had to grab something off my shelf over here, but I think it's something pretty decent. Uh, it is my still shrink-wrapped copy 
of G.I. Joe Monopoly that I really should open up and play at some point. Uh, This came out in 2009 when everything else G.I. Joe came out. Uh, The pieces are, I'll flip this around so you can see it, Duke's Dog Tags, Timber, the USS Flag, Cobra Commander's Battle Mask, the Thunder Machine, and a Cobra Snake. (laughs) Oh, the glare on the monitor is no good. (laughs) No, we can see it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the board is Gort. You know what? Hang on. Uh oh. Oh, it's an unboxing. I just, I just want to open this thing <laughs> it's, up. It's I mean, on I, here first, folks. Yeah. Let's just get this shrink wrap off of it. Mine's about thirty feet away, at, this, and it's also still in its box. This, and it's sealed. I don't think I knew this existed, but I'm not surprised because everything has a monopoly. So the board yep. is just chock full of gorgeous art i personally think it's one of the better looking licensed monopolies or themed monopolies i guess uh and if you'll notice it says uh includes optional gi joe gameplay now i have just now opened this so i don't even know what that means uh and they have Yojo and Cobra cards replace Chance and Community Chest. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am sometime very soon now going to be sitting down to play. I'm going to have to. My family hates Monopoly, so they will not be playing this with me. So uh, here's a question. Yes. Do, do you play by the rules or do you play with house rules? I don't even know what that means. I guess I play by the rules. What, is, what does that mean? So do you. When you land on a property, do you either have to buy it or auction it? Oh my gosh! Look at that! Ooh, wow! Beautiful. beautiful. And then the most important thing is, do you put money in the middle and then give it to somebody when they land on free parking? Because people who hate Monopoly, that's the reason why you hate Monopoly. A game of Monopoly lasts about thirty minutes if you play it by the rules. If you keep money in the game. That's when it makes it last for like Ooh. six hours. Hang on. There's another box on the floor here. I, I oh. forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, so this is on the back of the Thunder Machine Soundwave set. Check out this little piece of intel. Cobra Intelligence reports a Joe transport en route with a formidable escort. Do not underestimate their forces. Terminate the threat like the marauders they are. <laughs> so this is interesting. Um you know, obviously, it seems to be referencing the Triple T slaughter and Leatherneck, but I don't really think of the Triple T as a Joe transport. I mean, it's transporting Sergeant Slaughter into battle. It is, but it sounds to me a Joe transport with a formidable escort. I wonder if the escort is the Triple T and the transport, because we've talked about Optimus Prime as the APC many times on this show. What if that is being hinted at? That would make sense. But it's the use of the word marauder that's getting me. Because I I know when we see it, it's going to, the triple T will look like the triple T. But knowing that it's cup, you know, cup isn't a white transformer. Now, granted, they pulled it off with Bumblebee as well as far as the awe striker being all green but like do you think they would make the triple t in marauder colors so that cup is that bluish green 
No, and I don't it think comes so. with a marauder colored slaughter. Well, I, from the box art that got revealed, leaked. Well, I guess that was a leak. Well, we didn't really. <laughs> We, we didn't, didn't talk about talk, it. Yeah, we didn't talk too much about it. Um, and I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I feel like Slaughter and Leatherneck were just their regular versions. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Back on track. So that's G.I. Joe Monopoly. We'll have to check that out sometime when maybe maybe Noel and I can get together and play that at some point. <laughs> A charity stream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. No, nobody wants to watch us play Monopoly. Um, all right. Who wants to go next? Oh, I keep forgetting right. to do the upsize on the screen. I, I don't remember Upsides. until it's Noel's turn because I remember he hates it. <laughs> well, I've got things to show. So, I mean, that's okay. I, I don't mind that because I don't have to have my my face doesn't have to be the, the subject. So, I went to... Um, to, to Retro Toy Con in Greenville over the past weekend, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, and I talked about all the things I did. But yes, I also bought toys because it was a retro toy show. Um, before the show even began, um, they they do room sales. So the way the hotel's laid out is it's, it's an atrium hotel. They've got a bunch of rooms that have um, like a little living room in the front. And then the back is where the beds are. So people will set up in that little living room area, their own, their own toys and you get good deals and that stuff like that. Um, so the first night that I was there, um, going around a little bit, I went to, if you, if you know, Destro's toy den, they're, they're a vendor that uh, I've dealt with a lot of times. Uh, got a few figures there. I've got a, uh, Cobra La Royal guard that actually has the antenna. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I got me a set. Oh, oh so awesome. jealous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saving uh, money an, on bidets. Yep, there's an eels in there as well. Um, I also, while just kind of picking through some stuff, he they had a bunch of like incomplete vehicles. This claw that I essentially got thrown in for free for getting those figures. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's missing like, you know, several parts of it. Sure. But it's otherwise just, it's so clean. It's and a it's nice a great, shape. Yeah, yeah. Great shape. You know the fact that it still has the wings and the and the flaps here is nice. Um, so I'm actually I, I may because really the stuff that is missing aside from the engine cover here is on the underside, and I may just like put it up against my uh, my Terradrome. So it's just decorative at that point anyway. So I didn't I didn't have a bag with me or anything. I'd shove the figures down into the pocket, but because of the little fins and stuff, I didn't want to risk that, you know, getting broken off if I bumped into something. So I'm just carrying this around. Um, <laughs> so here's kind of the, the best tell part of it. I go into a, a room um, who a guy is selling essentially nothing but wrestling figures. He's got Ooh. a bunch of WWE and AEW and a bunch of other stuff in there as well and some other memorabilia. And I remember him being in there last year, too. Um, but. I'm not interested in buying wrestling figures, but I'm always interested in looking at people's collection and perusing and talking to them and, you know, and just having conversations with people on there. I'm holding this in my hands. One of the guys says, oh, you got a G.I. Joe vehicle. Are you into G.I. Joe? I'm also wearing a Crimson Guard shirt, by the way. And I was like, <laughs> a little bit. He was like, so I got that, um, you know, the, the, the Televiper. And he comes with that, what's that vehicle? The, 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 the bubble. It's like the trouble level. Yeah. The classified one. He goes, yeah. Um, well, I bought it cause I wanted the, the televiper, 
but I don't really need the trouble bubble. Do you want it? I was like, how much are you asking for it? He goes, 15 and oh my couldn't gosh. even yes fast enough. Wow. So, yeah, I got me a third trouble wow. bubble um, for $15. So my friend Brian, who I was with, um, was kind of like, yeah, I, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he I was like, you, he, he asked me directly because I was carrying this claw. So, um, so yeah, I got that for that uh, for that wonderful little price. Nice. Um, a few minutes after that, actually, it was it was the last one of the night. I walked in and I saw this uh, this this Predaking, and I was like, man, that's the thing that I'd love to have. Transformers uh, eighty six Predaking um, was eighty six or eighty five. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a toy I never had. I always wanted, but complete ones are pretty pretty expensive. They'll put you back about three hundred dollars if you get a complete one in good condition. Um, he he had one for two hundred. Brian was like, "Well, you know, if I buy that Terradrome off you for twenty bucks, or that or that patrol bubble off you for twenty bucks, then uh, it's twenty that can go towards your your thing here." <laughs> and then he asked him. How much can you hook my friend up on that uh, on that Predaking? So he dropped a, a good chunk of it. So now I have a. Complete oh game. wow! Oh nice! Uh, yeah. So wow. Um, yeah. Nice. Followed by the next morning. Thanks again to Brian. I was the morning after. <laughs> yeah, uh, the preview was going on at the time. Uh, the floor was not officially open to the public, but there's a there's a vendor who likes to sell things in large bulk and often at very good prices. And I always try to go to him first and I was planning on walking in, but before I did, Brian was like, uh, go to the deal guy, warthog. So, uh, I had to give me a, a nice, Oh, it looks good too. Complete. Uh, so it's complete. Uh, I'm not going to open these because they're notoriously brittle parts, but if you look inside, all the, all the guardrails are intact. All the other bits, like the this, like the trailer here, yeah, yeah. the trailer hitch, are all intact. Um, yeah, it's nice and clean. Doesn't have a slaughter, but I've got, I've already got one, so I wasn't too concerned about that. Um, and he threw in a nice, complete silver Mirage, which are also pretty tough to get at a reasonable price. Complete, really? Yeah, I think it's so ugly compared to the Ram. Oh, it's not my favorite vehicle, but it's just. It I mean, hey, it's free. Yeah, the oh, one man. I've got I... is, is being held together by Plastic Attack at this point. I vastly um, prefer the Mirage to the Ram, but oh, wow. I but I acknowledge that the Ram is the far more iconic vehicle. And then uh, let's see, a couple more things, not that exciting, but um, I did uh, I did on the second night there. I, I somebody had a broadside um, G one Transformer. Missing his sword, but uh, that's not a huge deal. Um, anyway, he had this, and I basically held up a, a dollar bill of a certain denomination. I said, "How much do you actually want for this?" <laughs> like, I was I was playing a little game there, and thankfully he bit. Um, <laughs> but the last thing I bought right before we we tore our stuff down, I was like, "I'm going to do one more cruise through the room," and I'd seen this the day before. Um, he was selling a, a, a tiger paw for 50 um i said how much you want for this and he was like well if you'll take the one next to it as well um i'll give it to you for 40 so (laughs) so here we go i got a pair of paws um one of them is missing the hose but that's okay because uh i you know if i if i wanted to flip the second one even without the hose i could probably still 
turn a profit on that if I needed to. But yes, yes, you could, Noel. Yes, but if anybody here is looking for a uh, yes, paw. you could, Noel. <laughs> I am, um, I am both, I am both sickened and thrilled by your good fortune. Yeah, yeah. It was, but yeah, it's a good weekend. I said I didn't, um, I didn't go in with anything in mind that I wanted to buy. Uh, you know, a lot of times I go to these shows, I got certain things in mind. Yeah. Um, I the Joe Fest, I went a little crazy buying loose troopers and really the only thing i did was i found an eel that was in good shape that was you know missing some accessories but he was very cheap and i was like all right uh, and more eels are always good um but yeah thank you for listening to my ted talk <laughs> <laughs> all right christian what do you got okay uh so was it our last or one before that, where Dave got in his uh, Mega Marine Monster Hunter APC. Yes, that was to last live stream. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So when he had sent us the photos of it, I mean, obviously, if you listen to the episodes that the, the episode that we did on the Mega Marines, he and I were gushing over that vehicle. We absolutely fell in love with it. Um, so he managed to score the monster hunter version and then we found out that there was a cobra version we saw uh that was done in black and gold and i dumb luck one happened to be on ebay that was complete uh and i mean honestly i low low balled it and figured yeah i mean this thing still had like three days to go uh, but I managed to win it. Uh, so I got the black nice. and gold. Uh, ah. This is called the Cobra Bat APC. Apparently, I learned it was like a Toys R Us exclusive, and it came with a bunch of, or like five, of the Spy Patrol yeah. bat, which this one did not, and that's okay, because w once I saw what they looked like, I was like, oh. Um, <laughs> They're not bad in person. <laughs> but yeah, so now I I'm gonna have to start hunting down more G1 style army builders because obviously all the pegs are G1 style, not 25th anniversary right. style. You need some iron grenadiers uh, to put on that. Thing. I well, do. yeah, that's what I said. It's not an iron grenadier's vehicle, is it? <clears throat> but it's the colors. But it looks yeah. like an iron grenadier's vehicle. Absolutely, now, the colors. It's yeah. showing up as like almost like a purple tint. I don't know. If uh, it's just that, the, no, that's the that's because um, my camera light is bouncing off the wall. Uh, it okay. is. It is not as crimson a red as like. Or I'm sorry, not as like coloring crown red as the uh, hiss tank that we saw in the Sears catalog. It's more of like a darker crimson, more like the current the black, classified crimson. The yeah. black looks like it's purple. Oh no, yeah, no, it's black. Well, that's and it's an awesome got piece, killer hubcaps. That that is definitely on my list. Yeah, down, down the road. Certainly not in the era of stuff I'm collecting, but that's such a cool looking vehicle. And I, I think, I think, it, I think it looks better in those colors than it does for the because it doesn't look like a GI Joe vehicle. It looks like something Destro would design. Yeah, I'm surprised it did not come out earlier in the line. 
<clears throat> because I feel like if it had, like, I don't know how well it sold, um, but I feel like if it had come out earlier in the line in military, in those military colors, it it would be like the Snowcat. We would have multiple variations in multiple colors because this is an incredible vehicle toy. It, it's really cool, and it holds a ton of truth. Yeah. Well, guys, we are absolutely out of time this week. We have had a blast talking about G.I. Joe. Before we go, Christian, where can we find that toy photography? Soon to include that new vehicle of yours, I'm sure, that you do so well. You can find me on Instagram and Flickr under the name Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? I talked a little bit about them earlier, but The Finest is a G.I. Joe costuming club, and we raise money for a great organization called Canines for Warriors. We raised over $200 for Canines for Warriors at Retro Toy Con in Greenville. Uh, not bad for essentially just having two costume people in the booth uh, for a little while on Saturday. Um, but uh, if you've ever thought about dressing up like your favorite Joe character, check out thefinestcc.com, the finest recruitment center on Facebook to uh, you know get some tips. And um, hey, help us help us raise money for a great cause, and have fun doing it. Our music is by Andy Simford of ElectricMinnowMusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on X at G.I. Joe Audible. We will be back December 4th with another live stream. Next week, audio episode, we will be reviewing G.I. Joe Real American Hero number 301 as well as some other segments. And until then, yo, Joe! Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.